When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's definitely going to be different not having those matchups that you would expect every year. Because the NHL drafts like 17-year-olds. The NHL has to tread the water really carefully. Like, they don't even have a goalie. Like, what is, what is the draw? But going into this year because of the Seattle Kraken's expansion draft. But Where is this going? Oh so, no, so listen, hear me out. It's going somewhere. It's, it's just not part of hockey. Like, really looks like that weird dad I don't want me to pick up from school. Like, Welcome to Slapshot Sweethearts. Hello, hello, everyone. I am Megan. That is Shannon. And we are the Slapshot Sweethearts. And we are here to break it all down for you this week. So, Shannon, what a week we've had. I know. We had a fantastic episode last week with Dale Arnold. Uh, We want to thank him for coming on last week. It was an amazing discussion about the Bruins and what's upcoming. And honestly, for our second episode, we had some killer views. We are super happy with all of that. Like, thank you guys so much for listening. Like, continue to do that. Like, let us know what you think. We always want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, we really want to just thank you guys for our second episode. Breaking over 300 views was absolutely incredible, and we couldn't have expected that. So, you know, just keep liking, subscribing, following us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We enjoy your content as much as you enjoy ours. So without further ado, let's give you some more content. Yeah, let's get down to it. So news of the week here. We got Corey Crawford retiring. You surprised? You know... Only a little bit because he just signed with the Devils. You would think that if he wanted to retire, he wouldn't have signed another contract. But his age, he hasn't been that great the last few years. And seeing what the NHL is doing in terms of visions, the shortened season, he probably just didn't see the Devils as being that great and it being worth another year of kind of a shoddy season. What do you think? Yeah, that was my thought. I was like, I am surprised, but I'm not because like I wouldn't want to play in this weird world of a season, if I didn't have to, like at that age, you're kind of like, okay, if I can retire, I'm comfortable with that. Like might as well do it now. Like, it's just like so hard to function in this new 
season format, I feel. But it's kind of like, I guess it's the time. But it's also like so last minute almost. It was kind of surprising to me. I wasn't sure if there was like a different reasoning here that like maybe we'll find out about eventually. But I was kind of surprised at the timing of it all. You know, that kind of, it makes sense because when we recorded our first episode, they were my dark horse. And not that I'm completely giving up on them when we dive into our division rankings and previews. I still have the Devils pretty high. But looking at how he kind of left their goalie situation, I'm a little surprised at, like you said, how late it was. And when we were previewing the season and talking about COVID-19, one of my biggest things about my surprise with Char resigning somewhere else and some of these older guys that decided not to retire, Joe Thornton going to Maple Leafs, things like that, was mm-hmm. because this season is not going to be the same as others and the format is so different that perhaps guys like Corey Crawford or Joe Thornton, Chara, all of those wouldn't want to continue playing in such an odd format. So it's interesting. We'll see how it goes. But Yeah, we'll see if we hear anything else. Um, next one, Evander Kane. That was surprising, to say the least, for me. Yeah, you know, it's surprising and it's sad. He's gone through a lot in this league, going from some of the behavior issues when he was a younger guy, similar to Tyler Sagan, and then really coming into his own with the Sharks. And from what I saw with the Bleacher Report article and the Athletic article, he just made some bad business decisions. He's come into a gambling problem, which is what a lot of athletes do. And he loaned a lot of money to his family. I mean, it's kind of common. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of common when athletes come into this kind of money, their family sort of expects them to support them in a larger capacity than, you know, if one of our family members falls ill and they need, you know, a smaller amount of money. It's something that I was talking about with one of our Belly Up staff members. There is such a different level of funding. Our $1 is their $100. Just because they have that kind of money doesn't mean that they have leftovers of it. You know, he was he was bankrupt by $28 million. And originally when I saw that, I was like, wow, how did he get that far into debt? But every purchase is larger. He doesn't just go to Dunkin' Donuts and buy a donut. He's getting like, everything costs more just because that's their lifestyle. And you don't often think of that, especially when you have dependents that are all living that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Totally. I was looking at like the breakdown of it here between like the gambling debt all the different assets and real estate and all these different investments, the game, like it's just a lot. And it's one thing I feel like we don't talk about enough is like the financial struggles that some of these young players have when they first enter. Cause I remember on hard knocks two or three years ago, they had like a vet sit down with some of the rookies and be like, look, take, go to your paycheck and take 10% of it and put it in an account that you don't access. And he was like, every page, like, you won't even get used to it. You won't even see it. You won't even think more than that for how much they're making. I right. mean, right. as a rookie in the NFL, it's probably less, but like, right. they're making far more than I do. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, they don't have these influences, influences necessarily to be like telling them how to do this because a lot of them don't come from backgrounds of wealthy families. Like a lot of them like are, this is their first time really experiencing any type of caliber of this amount of money yeah that was something I was talking about earlier again with one of my belly up co-workers because Kyrie Irving is obviously not playing with the Nets right now and he's coming up um, they just announced with a potential fine of 410k per game because he might have broken health and safety protocols and although it's not the same situation as Evander Kane obviously it's something someone was saying that the NBA 
does not have any sort of mentorship program or teaching professional development. And Kyrie Irving is the vice president of the Players Association. And he's a pseudo leader in the league because he's a superstar. That's just kind of how it works. Evander Kane is a pseudo leader in the NHL, as a variety of players are, just because he's one, older, and two, very talented. So he, and not only that, but he's also been at the forefront of diversity and inclusion in the NHL. He has proven himself to be a leader in the league. So although I don't think this is going to affect his character in the league throughout players, but the professional sports do not have that type of developed leadership protocol or financial training, anything like that to go along with their salaries. I mean, they might at the team level, but in terms of the league level, they do not. Yeah. That's definitely something the league I feel like have to start taking a little responsibility for, like they have to train their players in these life skills. Like everyone else, like when we enter business, like you have resources that can help you. They don't have those resources right now, at least not that are like public for people like us to hear about. But it's one of those things where like, I think they have to start helping their players and their athletes take care of themselves financially. Well, you'd have to assume that, I mean, yeah. they're not dumb. They'd use it as a publicity stunt to share, like we're helping our athletes after the, the their professional sports career, blah, blah, blah. The NFL does that, even though it's not necessarily financial, but they try to help their players after the league kind of get up on their feet with the nonprofit work and things like that. So you'd think that they'd use it in that capacity, but again, we'll never know. Yeah. It's hard to say. Um, Okay. Next topic, Twitter hashtags. Stan, you posted them for us all to see. What are your favorites? What are you thinking? Yeah. So like Meg said, um, there is an article on our Twitter page as sweethearts pod on Twitter that has Every hashtag on there, there are little blurbs with the best ones and the worst ones. I think they're all pretty, you know, their hashtags are not special. They don't necessarily go in depth like the NBA with the Raised by Wolves, We the North, those types of things. The only one that I'm really going to attack here is Phillies. Anytime, anywhere has nothing to do with, which I'm wearing (laughs) the resident Philly jersey in our apartment. So like Philly fans, it's not your fault. Just remember, anytime, anywhere, when you go to tweet about the Flyers, because I have already forgotten it four or five times now since yesterday. Yeah. So, I, you know, I just, I'm curious why they chose it. Like, why not have bullies? Why not, like, go Flyers? Why not anything else that relates to the Flyers franchise? Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it is something that goes down into the city of Philadelphia, someplace I have only been a couple times now. However... I am not understanding where the hashtag came from. I have no clue. I know I saw that and I was like, I don't really get that. It's like one of those things where it's like the capitals are like all caps. Like I get that. Like they're the caps, but like anytime any flyer, (laughs) maybe like, I don't really get that, but okay. There are some that aren't necessarily the same as the name, like fly together from the ducks is not, but it's still cool. It makes sense. You see the reference. Or like but it makes sense yeah there's a lot of go team go like i feel like the word go is the most used in a hashtag right yeah, now either go x let's go x or go x go um, yeah which is confusing i usually just type one of those three in until i see a little logo and then i know i'm right <laughs> I there's another couple like the red wings one is like i think it's lgrw yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Rangers is just NYR. 
But that's not surprising because that's just like their thing. No, it's fine. You know what else I learned today about the Rangers that I feel like should have come up in our prior discussions? They don't have a mascot and they never have. Yeah, no. I actually had a conversation about this with an old college professor the other day because he like listened to our pod and he was like giving me his input on gritty because obviously I don't like gritty. Um, (laughs) But he was like, it's kind of like the Rangers where it's like, it's hard to find something that'll really represent the city. And he was like, maybe like Lady Liberty. The Statue of Liberty. (laughs) Maybe. I know. And it's like, I'm a New Yorker. And I'm like, I can't think of anything that I would actually think would fit. I I think of ratchet things that could fit the city. But like, I'll keep those. Subway rat, if you may. (laughs) Just a big, big street rat. (laughs) Or like a slice of pizza. I'm fine with that. (laughs) You don't need it to be like completely representative of the city like gritty yeah. is not and it's a hit there are some that are very <laughs> okay shush <laughs> but there are some that are not necessarily representative like the vegas one is a gila monster which yeah. is a very popular lizard on social media which like has nothing to do with vegas right which is confusing because like you're the golden knights for starters your jerseys have like armor on them why not just like bring it human? Go for a knight. Because they could pick a Gila monster, which is way cooler than a knight. Yeah. <laughs> put in front of us. I mean, yeah. maybe the Kraken won't pick an octopus. Stop. Stop. <laughs> if they pick like, I don't even know, a beta fish or like <laughs> a fish. <laughs> Imagine if they just like picked a random like guppy, like a goldfish. <laughs> I'm here for it. Earned like a cat. Oh my god. Okay. Our last <laughs> one here is obviously not breaking news. Everyone's heard it already and seen it on Twitter. But USA won the World Juniors. I think the big news here is that Anaheim has really set them up with some set themselves up with some good prospects. Zegras yeah. looked fantastic he was ranking in points at every single game um and he looked absolutely great in the championship game there canada did not even put up a fight against usa Um, to the quack report pod which shout out to them there will be some more podcast shout outs later but they had a really great analysis of all of the prospects that the ducks are looking at after that game and i think that we might have undersold them in our rankings I was thinking that earlier when I was like going through my rankings and I was like, maybe I have to rethink them, some of these there, but they weren't the only division. I was like, okay, maybe no, I was looking at a couple of and I was like, I might've made a mistake. Yeah. But we will get to that. We will have to maybe go back on our word eventually. I don't know. <laughs> my favorite thing is admitting I'm wrong. For me to, do, to admit defeat, but now that World Juniors is over, it's time to get into what we've all been waiting for, the literal reason we are here. This season is starting. Let's see our predictions. Let's jump into it. Let's start with the West. Yeah, we can just dive right in and talk about Anaheim and the others. Yeah. <laughs> so I, for the West, we'll start with our number ones. This isn't new, though, because we've talked about it both on our podcast and other podcasts. I have the Avalanche first. Mm-hmm. I have Vegas, which I'm kind of the controversial one here. I know. I feel like everyone's kind of saying, like, that Colorado is going to go the distance. They're going to be the ones to beat. But, like, 
I don't know why I just, and it, maybe it's a little bit of bias. It's definitely at least 10% bias, but like. You they, definitely have some bias in your East rankings, but we'll get to it. <laughs> hey, we'll get to there later. But I just think like Vegas has just been on the cusp just for so long. They've just had so many good pushes that it's kind of like in a weird time. Why can't this be the year? Like, you know, I think you can say the same thing about Colorado, honestly. And I don't disagree with you about Vegas. I, yeah. I don't at all. Um, I That's why I have them second. And you have Colorado second as well. So I think from what I have discussed with other podcasts and what I've seen on Twitter is that they're really a toss-up between who's going to take that top slot. Mm-hmm. And I think either one of them could do it. One thing that I thought was interesting that I discussed today with uh, one of our Blues podcast friends is that they think the Blues could potentially knock one of those out of the second slot. And we both have the Blues in third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely a competitive team. Like, they have a lot of strengths. But, like, when you look at, like, the caliber of player between Vegas and Colorado, I don't know if they're exactly there to get a one or two. But I do think they solidly could clinch number three. I mean, you have to remember that the Blues did beat the Bruins in Game 7 for the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm two years ago. Rest my heart. (laughs) Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with axonics therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. They have one of the worst records in the NHL, and then they went on an absolute hot streak and Mm -hmm. climbed their way all the way to the final. They came out of absolutely nowhere, and they have lost a couple key players since then, but then they've made additions like Tori Cruz. So it's really hard to tell. Positions that really could push them there, but it's kind of like, is this the year to do it? I don't know. I think, like, give it one more year, just kind of like take a little time for your team to like really grow. Like, I think next year could be their year, but I don't know if this year's the one. You know, I think the same thing about the Flyers, though. And it's interesting because Jordan Bennington and Carter Hart are both absolutely fantastic goalies, and they're both in very similar areas in their career. Granted, Bennington has a Stanley cup, but in terms of age and development, they're both very comparable. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting seeing that we've been saying the same thing, you know, they need one more year. We'll see if they have the key pieces and they'll fit together. But I do think that once we go down to four, this is where it kind of gets controversial. Yeah. I went for the sharks. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a a bad take. I mean, they, the, the problem is once we get past three in the West, it's really a toss up. Yeah. I just feel like with like, I think they could totally do it if Carlson and Dubnik like come together to really like 
mesh. Like I feel like they have a lot of strengths, but without the teams kind of like coming and really, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but like culminating and like bringing it all like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it's just like, they just need to mesh more. They need to come together strongly. Like there's needs to be that like team effort there and then they can do it. It's just like you, but having like five strong players doesn't guarantee you anything if it's not like a joint effort and like cohesive and fluid. I mean, you could say that about my fourth too, which was the coyotes, AKA the Yotes, which is their hashtag in case you wanted to hear the other really weird hashtag. Um, I think Phil Kessel is obviously down there. He left the Penguins to go down to the Coyotes. And I think I thought that was going to be a great move. I thought that he was really bringing them up a level. And I still don't necessarily want to call myself wrong. Yeah. I think that there is a lot of potential down in Arizona for them to move up a level. And I think it's kind of comparable to what we've been saying about the North, is that mm-hmm. they just need that opportunity to move up. And I think this might be the season for them to do so. I don't know whether they're going to be able to mesh as a team though, like you were saying about the shark. I think that they have a lot of young guys. They looking at their training camp roster, they are relying on a lot of prospects and I'm interested to see if they're going to be able to mesh them together with the veterans that they have like Phil Kessel. Yeah. I said this in another podcast we were on the other day, but have you ever tried to watch Kessel go over the boards? <laughs> of course I have. Yes. <laughs> That's the best. That's what I'll be just like. I'll be looking to see if he's improved his ability to jump a little, to really get over there. That's what I will be looking for from him this season. I mean, I was looking, this is a sidebar, but um, for anybody that's been watching the NBA season recently, Zion Williamson is like, like thick in a bad way. And that is how I'm picturing Phil Kessel. Like he is yes. very talented. Phil Kessel's like a little fat. Yeah. He's a thick <laughs> But he's so good. So it's like you can't right, hold right. So is Zion. Like Zion is incredible at basketball, but he's like, like a lineman. He is not a basketball player. This is not football here. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. All right. So the end of our West Division, just to wrap it up, um, I have we both have the Wild in fifth. Then I end it with the Sharks, Ducks, and Kings in sixth, seventh, and eighth, respectively. Mm-hmm. I have Arizona, Kings, Ducks. So I think the Ducks, like we said, have a lot of potential to move up. The Kings have been in a rebuild for quite a long time. Um, And the Wild have always, not always, for the last few years, have needed that one or two pieces to just move it together. And I don't think that they've grabbed that piece in the offseason, quite frankly. So I don't expect them to do well in the playoffs if they do get that fourth spot. Yeah. But I'm skeptical that they get it to begin with. Yeah, I just think, like, the Kings and the Ducks specifically, like, they're kind of really in a rebuild right now. And they just, like, even if they don't consider themselves in one, they just don't have it right now to get to where they would need to be to, like, really succeed in the season, in my opinion. But I I don't know. I kind of feel the same way about the Devils, Rangers, and Buffalo right now. Um, which, like, brings us to the East. We can do that yeah. next. Yeah, I think, like, Zagros has such a positive influence in Anaheim, and he's coming from the World Juniors, leading that team mm-hmm. with all of the positive energy, and it's something that the Ducks really need. They haven't had that positive energy and that really great influence, and I did our first episode with so much hope for the Devils, so much positivity, and you know what? I'm not quite ready to give up on them, but I'm close. They <laughs> We've talked about this off air. I think everything that's been going down with PK is just a little concerning. 
I like, is he upset about Lindsay? Okay. For everybody that doesn't know, <laughs> if you don't follow the scrimmages that are happening during training camp, which like, if you are very like dedicated and don't sit on Twitter like 20 hours a day, like Megan and I, <laughs> oh, I but they have been showing the training camp games and Megan and I are obviously scrolling through all of them to make sure we're bringing you guys the most updated information. PK Subban got in multiple fights during their preseason game the other day and things around throwing punches. One of them being at Jack Hughes, which like, you know, your prior first overall pick probably should keep his head safe, but we're a little worried about the roster issues in New Jersey. You just lost Corey Crawford and you prior, one of your biggest assets was your dual goalie threat. Even if Corey Crawford hasn't had the best season prior so my dark horse, even though I only have them at fifth, I'm a little worried. Yeah, I kind of wish I had the Devils a little lower right now. <laughs> I like I would at least give the Rangers maybe a one up on them. I can't. I you know I got trolled on Twitter today for putting the Rangers last, and I am standing strong at last. I would switch. Okay, we'll just from- we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So at the top, we have we both have the Capitals. Although we did get trolled a bit for that today too. Did. But like that was a controversial opinion. If you like look through kind of what a lot of people are saying, like it's widely expected that the Capitals will be the number one to come out of the East. Like and that's I, surprising. Dale Arnold said it last week. He said the Capitals were the team for the Bruins to beat. Mm-hmm. So Which I don't think we both have it number two, giving them a chance to beat. You know. The biggest risk that the Capitals have is their goalie situation, obviously, after losing Lundqvist. But it is impossible to ignore that Samsonov was absolutely on fire last season. He almost took Braden Holpe's starting slot before he got hurt. So, yeah, that was what I was going to say. Is like If this goaltending situation can be settled for the Caps, there's no reason that they cannot keep this. Right. I mean, I think it's being a little bit overstated that they might slip. Maybe I'm wrong, but again, I was saying earlier that the Capitals, Bruins, and Flyers are a compl- well. You have the Flyers at fifth, which I disagree with, but I have reasons. It's fine. Okay, so I mean, I think in my ranking that the Capitals, Bruins, and Flyers are a complete toss-up in the top three. They're all gonna make the playoffs. It's just in what order? Yeah. So we both have the Bruins second. I think that's a pretty fair assumption um they the only big losses they took are chara and krug we're hoping that the left line defense fills out again if you want to hear more about the prospects that can do so listen to our episode from last week um the only thing i will say is that your venkanainen that dale arnold was speaking about has been put on waivers so he will not be filling out the left side like dale was hoping yeah but the flyers are in a good position because they have oscar Lindblom back um, he came back late in the bubble last season after com- completing his cancer treatment. So he should be a really good asset back after re-signing him as well. So my number three, I have, I will say it again. I have a controversial pick. I threw the Islanders in there. I, they did not make a lot of changes. I think they're pretty consistent with where they were last year, like um, roster wise, but like they came out of nowhere for me last year too. And I think it's really easy to overlook them right now, which like this team is familiar with each other. They're not trying to like have a short 
um, training week and then get into it with like no familiarity. Like, I think they have a chance and I'm like, maybe they're up too high, but I still think like they were my dark horse. I think they're going to come out of nowhere and surprise people. You know, I don't think you're wrong. I think part of it that I don't like to trust is that they don't have the stacked roster that I look for. And I'm but really contradict- I'm contradicting myself because I hate to, one of my biggest arguments is that teams don't need a household name to be successful. And the Islanders don't really have that besides Barzal, but they do have Barry Trotz. And yeah. it is almost overlooked that they have Barry Trotz because he came in at the same time that Tavares left, but he had just won the Capitals of Stanley cup and then dipped out of town in Washington. And there wasn't a ton of explanation on why he did so, but then he kept the Islanders from plummeting to the bottom of the NHL after Tavares left. And I think that goes hugely overlooked because it is on the shoulders of Barry Trotz that that happened, which is why I have them at fourth. Yeah. There's there's out there on why he left, but I will not feed the real. Um, but yeah, I think like, I think with him as their leader, like, like you said, like you don't need a star team, a star player stack team to be a star team, like have a bunch of like semi above average guys. If you can work as a team and kind of show each other strengths, there's no reason you can't be a top contender. I think that kind of goes into the, your fourth and my sixth pick. I don't think that star players necessarily mean that you're good. <laughs> Our star players are really good. <laughs> Megan has the Penguins at fourth. Yes. I have the Penguins at sixth below the Devils. And I think now that I have seen PK and Corey Crawford leave, I would probably switch and put the Penguins fifth and the Devils sixth. However, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. That's – I just think we have a really – and I say we because my boys. Yeah, this is where her bias comes in. This is all of our listeners. <laughs> I think I have like a little bit to back me up. I think we're a team that has some really low lows through the season, but then somehow finds a win streak that kind of just gets them in, which is why I have them as fourth. Because I think somehow they're going to like find their way in there. But there's only 56 games this season. So do you have time? To, you know, play around in the lows? That's a really good question. <laughs> I think there's enough low teams that it may not be like a down low. It'll be like a, a subtle low. You know, that's kind of what I was struggling with with all of these divisions and trying to rank them is that there are, you know, two or three that I'm really confident are going to make the playoffs barring any catastrophe. But there are some that I'm like, you wouldn't make the playoffs if this were a typical playoff system but because they're doing a round robin and bringing in more i'm like will they like can i picture them in the playoffs i guess i just think like we have Latang back after some time out he's been kind of gone for a while um having jari like he's great always out he's literally always out (laughs) but not right now (laughs) because the season hasn't started (laughs) you're not wrong but like I'm just saying, like he's kind of back. I I watching the scrimmage the other day, he looked pretty good. Like I'm kind of hoping that it'll stick for a minute. But like Gensel, he was so good the last few years. What two years he's been around now? Like I think he's really coming into his own. Yeah, our a lot of people were saying he was going to leave. In our our goaltenders in our scrimmages looked really good. So like if we can hold Murray, bye Murray. Um, I just think. 
I think they have a lot of aspects that could help. I know they canceled their scrimmage on Sunday due to just like abundance of caution for COVID. So I hope that everything is fine and that they will be able to have their full season, um, which we'll get into some of that later with Dallas. But I just, I really don't, I really think they're being overlooked. And that's like, not just because it's me, but like, I do think they have a lot going for them right now. No, I think that's fair. And I think part of my struggle is that you guys don't make a lot of roster changes. Like Latang, Malkin, Crosby, all of your core have like, been there for what so I long. feel like is so long. three decades. Like I feel so like I have that. But like you look at this, our team won back-to-back Stanley Cups, what, three years ago our last one was? like No, more than that. I, no, it was what, 16 and 17? We're in 21. I'm in 2020 in my head still. Fine. <laughs> Four years ago, five years ago, but I'm still like, they're still a Stanley Cup caliber team. They weren't. They weren't positioned to make the playoffs prior to the COVID bubble. Saying (laughs) you okay? I don't even count the way that last year ended because, like, who comes back after like months and months off and does like jumps into playoffs? The Penguins because they made the playoffs because of the new system. They didn't. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Except they did not. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Just give it a chance. All right, I'll give it a chance. Thank you. And so then we return to the Devils. I have them five, you have them six. Like I said, I would switch the Penguins and the Devils if I could do this again. I don't know if you would move them anywhere. The Penguins? No, the Devils. Oh, I would move them down. You'd switch have, them with the Rangers? I would switch them with the Rangers. I would give them seven and give the Rangers six. I have the Flyers solidly at a five. They could easily overtake the Penguins. Like, that's fine. But, like, I was struggling with where to put the two, and I'm always going to put my boys higher. Um, but, I mean, the Flyers, obviously, we've already talked about it. Like, they're going to do fine either way. But, yeah, yeah the Devils. I have – well, you have the Rangers seventh – potential yeah. sixth and you have the sabers eighth i have the sabers seventh and the rangers eighth like i said i'm gonna stand confident in the rangers eighth unless lafreniere comes in and completely overtakes new york but i you know new i york can't see go ahead i said new york has seen stranger things i'm a mets fan like we've seen some strange things <laughs> True, the Mets just made a marquee move that I was not expecting. But I, you know, I don't see the Rangers just really coming out of like the dumpster fire this year. They've got a lot of good players, but they haven't been able to do anything with it. We just discussed this on the bottom line podcast. Both the Islanders and the Rangers are right on 
the bubble, the Rangers are right on the bubble of exiting the basement. The Islanders are right on the bubble of coming into contender land. And I don't know that either of them is going to be able to pop that bubble this year. And I am not going to be convinced until I see them play this year. And quite frankly, I have not watched either of their training camp scrimmages, so I can't speak to it yet. Yeah, they're if I mean at least for us, like they're not really an, an intriguing team that I want to spend time watching their training camp. Like if they come and they kind of like Islanders a little different, I maybe would have if I had had the time. But like the Rangers, it's just like unless they like somehow start like beating like the Caps and the Bruins out of nowhere, I'm really not going to think much of them. Yeah, and I think that leads well into because we said both for the East and the West that the top one, two, top one, two, yeah. three are pretty much toss-ups and that the teams are really competitive and it's really going to turn into what happens in the playoffs when they're facing other opponents. They will at least be near other opponents when we get to Lake Tahoe. True, true. So the NHL just announced that there will be two outdoor games in Lake Tahoe at the beginning of February. The Bruins will be facing the Flyers and the Avalanche will be facing the Golden Knights. So that's actually a really good opportunity. Not that they won't be playing each other frequently because realistically they'll only be playing six or seven opponents respectively, depending on their division, but it'll be a really good opportunity for us to see these teams play each other in more of a high stakes situation. Mm -hmm. But speaking of opportunities, missed opportunity here is the branding of the event. Like, why are we not throwing out special edition jerseys? Like we're trying to make we're selling off our divisions. Why aren't we capitalizing a little more? You know, again, if you haven't checked out the bottom line podcast that we did with them last week, I would really check it out. We had a fantastic conversation about how the NHL is really failing at marketing right now. Um, is particularly in terms of jerseys, you know, you're out of a retro Jersey, make more. Like there are people looking for them everywhere. I, am con- them. I want one. Like, I would buy like three of them. They look fantastic. Yeah. We're wearing jerseys on almost every episode. Like make more of them. Or and send it, them. It's really frustrating to see them not do anything particular besides make a couple graphics for Lake Tahoe. Like why are the Bruins wearing their retro jerseys against the Flyers? It's a historic rivalry. Do something yeah, special like- with it. Like if they want to make something out of the reverse retro jerseys this year, I totally get it. Like make a week. Like, make a reverse retro week, like, where everyone sports only reverse retro gear. Like, that would be fine. People would still, like, kind of get, like, a spike in that. But, like, you're – they have such a missed opportunity the way they normally do it for, like, outdoor stadium series, winter classics, all that stuff to, like, capitalize on that. And right now, when people are really looking for something exciting, I think that's one of those things that people would go for. Well, and it's – they haven't said anything that I'm aware of. You know, the NBA does – the like green screen where you can at least be like quote unquote present at the game and they'll you have to pay like an ass ton of money to do it but like particularly at nfl games too they like for lack of a better term like in a microsoft teams meeting they like stitch you all together they do that for nfl games too and they'll show fans imagine if they did that for an entire week everybody that had reverse retro jerseys they did all these fan competitions. They said, like, post your best photos. You know, basically everything you do to promote a podcast, but they did it for a team because they're broke. Like, Yeah, like, what I- if they did, like, a promotion in, like, January where it's, like, everyone who, like, buys a reverse retro, or not January, February, everyone who buys one, you get entered into a raffle to right. watch a game that way. Like, give their, them a benefit of it. Right, or do 
Well, I, we had discussed this, I think, on Bottom Line last week. It might have been somewhere else. But why did they not do some sort of outdoor viewing event or something like that? Because yeah. you texted me the other day when they announced this and you were like, we should try to go to Lake Tahoe. They're not having fans. Yeah. Which is you know, it's frustrating, obviously, as avid hockey fans that we can't go, particularly because my team is playing. However, I understand. So close to it, too. And it's like, I don't have to get on a plane. Like, I'm not risking anything going if they have, like, protocol in place for people to sit far enough apart. Like, there's no reason that they couldn't have used a stadium. Like, use SoFi. I keep saying this. Like, yeah, we're in California. It's not that cold. But, like, this stadium is state-of-the-art. There's so much space to fill it with people, with being safe, like leave everyone 20 feet apart and you can still sell thousands of tickets. Yeah. And Neil said that last week, he was like, move it to Hawaii, do it somewhere, do it on like an Island, go to Bermuda, Aruba. Like, I don't care. Do it somewhere where people would literally travel. Well, maybe not on an airplane, but like go somewhere, pick different corners of the country with arenas and or stadiums and have people travel there. I don't understand why they're not, why, obviously Lake Tahoe is beautiful. I saw, so this is why I chose this part of the topic to talk about today, because I saw this absolutely pic- beautiful picture of Lake Tahoe. And I was like, wow, this is incredibly frustrating that they chose this beautiful location, which is going to be incredible for the teams there. But who the freak cares that's watching on the TV that's like, wow, I wish I could be there. Like, it's just like every time I watch a Patriots game or a Celtics game. And I'm like, damn, wish I could go. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's not computing where they thought this was going to make them any money besides more viewership the day of, because they didn't make special jerseys. What is that giving them anyway? Right. They didn't make special jerseys that I'm aware of. They just announced it. They're not doing any sort of like outdoor events where like, oh, in every major city, you can go watch it at X. Like, I don't even care if it's a parking lot. Like a drive-in movie. Right. Like I live right next to RFK Stadium, which is an old stadium where the Redskins used to play. Sorry, Washington football team used to play. And they do drive-in movies all the time. Do a drive-in where there's like farmers markets, support local businesses, things like that. They haven't announced anything like that. No New Jersey's, no fans. I don't understand where they thought the money was going to come in besides hyping up fans and more viewership on that particular day in February. Yeah. As you can tell, we're pretty eaten about this. We have some opinions. I just, but, who is doing the event planning for the NHL? Like, I don't understand. Just not me. <laughs> but, okay, we just came from one of the team, one of the divisions that are in there. Now we have another one that should have one. I strongly think that the North should have a stadium series. Give Canada something. You know, that's pretty true. I hadn't thought of that. Like, why not? I really stand by the whole thing that, like, every division should have, like, one. Like, why are we sending the East out West? Why not put Central? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why they don't... If, you know, COVID-19 is built upon, like, stay outside, social distance, six feet. They should have capitalized on as many outdoor games as they physically could. Yeah, we said that, like, episode one, like, we want to see a stadium series. But, like, I don't care. You put half the games outside. Like, as many get. I understand there's a financial component with using stadiums and things like that. But, like, a lot of these teams are no longer – a lot of the NFL teams are no longer using their stadiums. And, obviously, the NHL team has to pay to use it. But 
if they do it appropriate, again, I am not an expert in finances for stadiums and all of that, but like hire me if you want me to do it. (laughs) However, I'm not an expert, but I feel like they're missing a huge, like they're losing money having no fans versus doing it outside and having some fans. Are they not? (laughs) I mean, I would think so. But I'm, I'm thinking about Canada. They are so strict right now with their COVID-19 protocol. They might have not even done it to begin with. Yeah. Which is frustrating, but like, it wouldn't surprise me if they wouldn't do it at all because they yeah. don't want any fans. Like they want everyone inside. That's fair. But I mean, like, they- I'm thinking about like all the places in DC that they could just put the caps or like in the dmv area they could just put the caps bring them all the way to baltimore at the raven stadium put them on the mall i mean yeah put them on the mall pool it's a little unsafe right now put them in the reflecting pool i mean it's a little gross but we could oh i know i have a friend in college who got pushed in there one night it was funny really funny god i wasn't there if you don't know megan and i went to college together and i'm glad i missed that (laughs) Glad you stayed home that night. Um, But, okay, speaking of Canada, let's hit the north. Let's hit our predictions here. Let's hit the north. All right. So this is the last division. Well, by the time this is released, we will have released all of them. But this is the last one for us to preview for you all tomorrow. Um, Both of us have the Oilers first. Mm -hmm. Any David. Connor McDavid. Leon Dreisaitl is absolutely fantastic, too. I think he... Almost a little like hidden behind the Connor. He almost gets overshadowed just because Connor McDavid is such a natural talent. But the guy is fantastic. And it's almost frustrating that they're not better in the grand scheme, not the North Division, but the grand scheme of the NHL. Mm -hmm. Just because not only does he play behind, not only does Drysidel play behind Connor McDavid, but then the Oilers never make it to, you know, the cup, which. Might be because we've stacked, but bring it on. Never say never. So then I have the flames. I mean, I just, I feel like it's their time. Like the same way you feel about the golden Knights. I I don't want to say I have a a soft spot for the flames. I really love Dougie Hamilton. He used to play for them. He plays for the Canes now. Um, The only thing I really dislike about the flames is their uniforms i think they're absolutely awful i think they look like they were made on like word art but (laughs) like like they're missing like a a third tone if that makes sense yeah totally or a fourth tone because they're white yellow and red but they should they need like an accent in between them you have the leafs second yeah i kind of have the same feelings about the leafs and the flames for me they could go either way I think they're both really good regular season teams may not really necessarily capitalize in the playoffs, but I think they both have a chance this year. I think like either one could be number two to the Oilers. Number one, it's just kind of a toss up to see like who adjusts to this format the best. Yeah. And I think one thing to note there is that the Leafs usually have to play behind the Bruins and the lightning. So they typically get knocked out in the first latest second round to begin with. This Mm -hmm. would give them a really great opportunity to rise above and at least make it a little bit further in the playoffs. They'll probably have to face those guys, or at least guys of that caliber at some point in the playoffs if they do make it that far. 
but it's an opportunity for them at least in the regular season to kind of show themselves and show their yeah. skill level. They're like the same as like how I've always kind of felt about the Caps and the Penguins. Like they always meet really early on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I'm always like, okay, whoever wins that matchup is kind of going to go all the way. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like one of those scenarios that like one's got to lose. So it's yeah. kind of like, this will be a new opportunity here. Yeah. I put the least fourth, but I, again, this is just a little bit of bias on my end because I am a Bruins fan and I typically face the Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. And we like 80% of the time in the last decade or two have beat them yeah. um it's just you know i wish that they would show out more in games that are like important yeah yeah so i have the canadians third which again as a Bruins fan really hurt me to say but i think that they're slowly ever so slowly rebuilding yeah i just think they're pretty young which like not the best situation to be in, but I think they have a lot of potential. It's just not necessarily the time yet. But I think the fact that the North is only seven teams could give them a little chance to uh, to take that fourth spot for me, at least. And you know what? As a division that is only playing six opponents for 56 games, they're going to really get to know each other and really get to know each other's weaknesses, each other's skills, each other's playing styles. And it's, I think, I mean, granted, the other three divisions are only playing seven opponents, so I don't know that that last one's going to make that significant of an impact, but they're really going to get to know each other's strengths, weaknesses, how they play, where they can abuse each other. Like, it's going to really, I think by game 25, they'll really be able to tinker with each other like puppets, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. Jumping down, my five, six, seven Canucks, Jets, Sens, I think. There's been some interesting changes for the Canucks. Not great in their behalf. I think they lost some people. The Jets, they have decent forwards, but, like, just forwards can't win Stanley Cups. And the Sens just kind of, like, lack that star power. I know I said before that, like, you don't need star power to, like, win Cups. But, like, I think they just kind of lack a little bit of finesse there. Yeah, I have the Canucks fifth. Honestly... I mean, I'm excited to see Brayton Holtby and see if he can keep them in that spot. But if he can't, they're they're falling down quick. Mm-hmm. I have the Sens next. I think the Sens are – they were really good. I think they're coming out of a rebuild. It's They're going to keep sixth, seventh, or even up to fifth or fourth, depending on how quickly they can get those young guys integrated. And yeah. then I have the Jets last. They're hitting a rebuild now. So it's going to it's gonna take yeah. a while to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Then I, think that I leaves- want to go into our podcast shout outs next. Um, you know, we spoke about the potential for this on Bottom Line na- last week, but um, we really want to give some shout outs to a few of the great podcasts that we've been able to meet so far. We've, this is only our third episode, and we're about to hit 500 followers on Twitter. So, shameless plug, oh, but like that's fantastic for the about two months that we've been on social media. And it really couldn't be done without the other podcasts that we've been able to meet. So, you know, shout out to Black and Gold Podcast, Dump and Change, Iceberg Podcast, House of Hockey, um, Bottom Line, Quack Report, from those teams, uh, or from those podcasts, excuse me. Bottom Line and House of Hockey are both general. Bottom Line covers all sports. House of Hockey covers all hockey teams. Um, They are run by... 
the hockey lady and hunks of hockey. So you may know hunks of hockey. They are posting everyone in anyone attractive in the NHL. I highly recommend you check it out if you have not yet. We're sharing those all the time because everyone knows I love a hunk of hockey. Yes. And then Black and Gold Pod and Dump and Change are both Bruins podcasts. We've been able to get them get to know them really well through our Dale Arnold episode and just because I am always on our Twitter and I'm a Bruins fan. So it's been very easy for me to network for the black and gold. Yeah. If there's anyone who like hears it, like we love meeting other teams pods. We want to hear perspectives from teams that we're not like all into all the time. Like this is a great opportunity for all of us to like share insights with each other, like reach out. We love collaborating. Like we're always here. Yeah. Shout out to you blues pods and you sabers pods. You are all very kind. Very, very kind, very active. We love, we love that. <laughs> yeah, similar to my Bruins podcast, obviously the Iceberg podcast for Megan's Penguins yeah. fandom. Um, they are very nice. They are very informed. It's very interesting to follow their Twitter. I highly recommend. And then finally, Quack Report Pod is an Anaheim Ducks podcast that we have highly recommended. Um, we really enjoy listening to them on Spotify. It has actually become my go-to while I work out, which might sound odd, but (laughs) they have fantastic editing and they're really interesting and really funny. So while I am suffering doing cardio, I enjoy laughing at whatever they are saying. So, and you know what, Shan, I would like to make one last shout out on your behalf to the New Jersey devil. Oh yes. The New Jersey devil did indulge me again, chatting with me on Twitter again today. So I will say, Please follow the New Jersey Devil if you don't already. He yeah. backed me up when I was getting torched about the Rangers today. So, <laughs> yeah. Which, so, speaking of the Eastern Division, I will say um, we did make some great friends in terms of Devils fans and Rangers fans with the Bottom Line Pod. So, if you don't follow Devil State of Mind, I would recommend them as well. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, shall we hop into our last division here? Yes, our last division with our Stanley Cup champion. We both got the lightning first. It kills me to give the lightning the satisfaction. But, you know, we've talked about it a few times now. And I I think the lightning are going to slip, but I can't confidently pick who I think is going to take that top slot. But it's like they kept a lot of their team. Like yeah, they weren't prior. They've had that team, that base for a long time. And prior, they just weren't able to make it that that last leg. And I but don't they think that they're necessarily there. Like, they're not going to be a consistent, like, Stanley Cup every year, the same way that, like, the Patriots were for so long going Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. The Lightning are not going to be like that. Like, the Blackhawks were. Like, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, Penguins, yeah. Stanley Cup. Like, that's not what the Lightning are about, are about to be. And, again, I'm slightly biased. I can't stand the Lightning. However, I do not see them going again. I just, I think, I I hate calling it a COVID-19 like bubble fluke because I don't think that's fair to the team. Although I do think the Islanders were a COVID-19 bubble fluke, but I think, I think the lightning were like, I don't yeah, know. It's fair. But then you also look at, okay, who I have second, the stars, if they ever get to play, if not, I don't know what'll happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have the predators next. I don't know, man. Like I, I don't yeah. even love that pick. Like, I don't love that pick. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not attached to my picks here. It's just like, yeah, this, this I'm more attached to my bottom picks than I am my like middle bunch. 
So you have the stars next. Yeah. I have the stars third. I don't think that's bad. I think the stars are good, but I was almost like influenced. Like I was like, people got in my head because they kept telling me the stars were going to slip. And I was like, maybe, but I don't think they are. I don't know. Like they still have like Dobie. They still have Ben. They still have Taylor Sagan. Tyler Sagan, excuse me. That's what I'm saying. They still have these key players. Like there's so many teams at the top. They just have their core. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I would switch the Preds and the Stars and I'd feel better. I have the Preds all the way down to number four. I just yeah. think they lack a like, solid goal scorer. But well, then cool. we both have the, the Hurricanes. So you have the Hurricanes third. I have the Hurricanes fourth. They, they've made the playoffs pretty consistently. They go pretty far. They usually – they upset teams that we don't expect them to. And I think the Blue Jackets are the same way, which was, we both have fifth. They, yeah. they surprise people in the playoffs every year. I think the Hurricanes, their issue is just like a little bit in the goaltending area. I think they have like pretty solid offense and defense. They just kind of need to like kind of figure out their situation there and then they could totally be a contender. Yeah, absolutely. And then sixth, um, well, sixth, seventh, and eighth, I have Blackhawks, Panthers, and Red Wings, respectively. You have have Panthers, Panthers, Blackhawks, Red Wings, respectively. Any rationale to switching Blackhawks and Panthers? No, I just think they're all kind of, no, I just think they're all kind of not the best. Like, I don't think they're strong enough to make it there. I, I don't think highly of the Blackhawks right now or the Red Wings. And that's why they're my bottom two. I just like, I just, you can look at teams. I just don't think they're at the caliber right now that they would need to be. You know, I, I kind of struggle with this because the Panthers have a lot of good guys. They have Aaron Ekblad. They've got, you know, the list, like, I just, it's hard for me to put them seventh but they have not put on a good showing. They keep adding key names. They've got Riley Smith. Like they've got goal scorers. That's what I'm saying. Like they keep adding people. Like there's no reason they can't be good. It's just, they don't execute once they find them. They don't execute. Maybe it's a coaching problem. Like I don't, I'm, I don't know. I really want to hear from a Panthers fan, but quite frankly, there are not a ton of that. If, if you're listening to this and you're a Panthers fan, please DM us. I would Let's really love to have a conversation with you. But, I mean, the Blackhawks, I I put them sixth, but they're old. Jonathan Taves is freaking old. Patrick Kane is past his prime. He's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's good. But, like, those are the – Duncan Pogba. old. Oh, my word. I was making our graphic. You know, once you get down to the top, like, the seven days left of the league, there are not a lot of guys that wear numbers that low. So I used Duncan Keith. I was like, is he still in the league? How old is this man? Like they are, they have not changed their roster since they won in 2013. Besides Corey Crawford, who retired. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, I don't know. We have to do an age breakdown at some point to see like how old some of these players are. Cause it like, we keep finding these players. And I'm like, how old are you? Are you still skating? Are you like Kessel? Can you get over the boards? But, like, do you have teeth anymore? Like at a, at a certain point, at least one of them Open loses two. Like I don't like I don't know. And then we both have the Red Wings last. You know, yeah, Detroit sports just really need to shut down for like a decade. We'll bring him back. We'll see. You know what? Let's move them. Where would we move it? You know, off the cuff question. Where would you move? Well, the Red Wings are an original six team. So like we're yeah. gonna play in like a fantasy Mars land that Gary Bettman would ever move them. <laughs> 
What about like, a, like where would you want to see an expansion team next? <laughs> do, we have a, do we have a New Orleans team? No, St. Louis. Yeah, but like not the same. I feel like New Orleans could use a team. They're like a fun place to be. What about like Savannah, Georgia? Yeah, I mean, well, the Atlanta Thrashers used to do really well. Yeah. But like the Pelicans in New Orleans are the smallest market in the NBA, or yeah, the NBA. But the New Orleans Saints in the NFL are like one of the largest. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. But people move teams out of St. Louis all the time. And the Blues do great. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if you think we should move teams around. Let us know where what what city, if we were to have another expansion, please not soon, in like 10 years, where should it go? Hartford. No. Yes. No. That area is so saturated. Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers. Who put a team in New Jersey? Sorry, New Jersey Devils. (laughs) Who put, who was like, you know where we should put one? New Jersey. (laughs) New Jersey. Not I, but I, I love know, like Louisville. I love maybe? I've been there for many, many things. So like Louisville, um, that's one of the ones yeah. that they're considering for the NBA expansion. Yeah, Columbus. Never mind. Yeah, there's one yeah. in Ohio, Alabama, and Alaska. Arizona. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> there's none in Wisconsin. You can put one there. Yeah. The Wisconsin cheeses. You could put another one in Canada. You could go to Mexico. Could you? Yeah, the NBA is considering a Mexico City team. Hey, the it, it, considering it, a London it, team. Ooh, that's difficult, <laughs> right? I would go. They already not in COVID times. They already play the Jags. Play I think six games in London, and then like three or four other teams play games in London. Penn State played a game in uh, Ireland one year, but that was only because we couldn't have a bowl game. <laughs> God, they could put a team in State College and just have no one ever go. <laughs> um, that's called Penguins territory, so bye. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that stadium at Penn State is, like, so good. I'm sure but it is. But, guys, this is the week. We have hockey again. We will be here every single week to catch you up on all of this and for our Always exciting remarks and tangents. If you don't follow us already on social, find us on Twitter at SSweetheartsPod. We are trying to get to 500, maybe something special when we get there. And on IG, SlapshotSweethearts, you know where to find us. Check it out. We're going to wrap it up um, and shout out what we have going on for opening night. We've got a collide party, which speaking of something special, we do have giveaways with the special people at nomad hockey if you haven't checked out their instagram their merch is absolutely beautiful and i will be ordering a sweatshirt from there during the collide party tomorrow i'm We're definitely getting Tuesday. one so it looks absolutely beautiful it might be the comfiest sweatshirt and you know those good ones with the hockey strings coming out the hood like it's one of those it's going to be great and we will yeah. be starting our collide party if you don't know what collide is we'll start there it's an app, um, not to sound like, you know, MySpace-esque, but it's an app with a chat room and you join and everyone can just kind of shoot the shit about hockey. You know, this person's playing like shit, this person's playing great, you know, like F-U-X team. Um, 
we're going to open it up at seven, but the giveaways are going to be going on during the lightning Blackhawks game. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, come join Meg and me and Ryan and the Ryan is the belly up hockey lead and all of the members of belly up and the belly up hockey department. We will be doing the giveaways with nomad hockey during the intermissions of the bolts Blackhawks game. The directions are on our Twitter and Instagram, but basically as long as you follow all three accounts, you should go look at our Instagram and Twitter. We will be posting funny pictures of the, whether it be the Lightning or the Blackhawks respectively, that is all I will give you. And you need to share on either Instagram or Twitter your best caption for each one. We will quickly go through and check out which one we think is the best caption. And we will announce in the Collide app who the winner is. So you need to stay in the Collide party the entire time. And then we will coordinate shipping afterward. But we really want to see, you know, your best captions. You need to tag us in all of those. We want to make sure that our hockey family is seeing everything that's going on so they can hop in. All of that. Yeah. Well, guys, that's what we have for you this week. Be sure to follow us on social, like we said, and we can't wait to hopefully see you guys on Collide. And if not, then next week. Thanks for joining us and have a good week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.